Welcome everybody to the Bakery Bears radio show. My name's Dan. And I'm Kay. And we're delighted to be back with another show. And this is a big show and I'll tell you why. Because for the second time in the history of the radio show, we've thrown out the planned episode. That will probably occur at a later date. But something happened that made us want to change the episode today. And it's all going to become clear as we get out on our walk. Because as you may have seen from the title of this show, it's a very good title, Kay. Is that? Yes. It's The Great Pyramids of Giza, The New Evidence. <laughs> we like new evidence. <laughs> You always know. When I'm you're... a sucker for the new evidence. <laughs> you always know. It's normally when you're watching a Channel 5 in the UK. Yeah. Or sometimes if Channel 4 is really pulling out all the stops. Mm. They stick in a historic name. They bung new evidence on the end. And they watch the viewers come flooding in. Yes. Because it's fair to say, as I'm sure many of you will know, certainly those of you who have listened to all our episodes, that we've done a number of shows on Egypt. But we've also done a number of shows on history because we're suckers for a bit of history, aren't we? We are, we love it. And yeah. you know, Kay, I would say, is at her most. You're at your. You're at peace when you've got your head in a complex history show. I'd love to be at peace, that would be nice. But you are. I'll, I, yeah, I enjoy getting sort of embroiled into something. What Kay is cursed with is an extremely active mind. Mm. And so if she latches on to something, which you do, you've always done through your life, there'll be certain things, mm. it might not be a history show, it might be a knitting design mm. that you're doing, or it could be a book that you're reading. Yeah. Who knows what it might be, but if she latches onto it, you go for it full on. And I think that's one of the reasons why we suit each other so well. Yeah, because maybe. I do tend to throw myself in very much to the subjects I'm most interested in. Mm. So yes, today is all about the Great Pyramids of Giza and actually further afield. Not just Egypt. It's the it, pyramids of the world. Yes, yes. really. And, and buildings and constructions and all kinds of things. What we're going to unveil to you Statues today. Statues and... The, the first thing we're going to do on our walk today is we will just touch a little bit on how this has been a hot topic for you and me. Mm. Where you... Do you remember that time, that day? I came downstairs, it might be a year or two ago, I can't remember, and you were like really embroiled in, you know, some Egyptian thing. Mm. And I think you implied some sort of higher beings or something oh, or other. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was watching conspiracy theories and And things. I dismissed it and you got really angry with me. It was really funny. Yeah, I don't, I don't in, in, in hindsight, I don't think it was aliens. Don't give away our secrets. No. <laughs> we shall shut up. We'll get on our Sadly, walk. Sadly, kind of wish it was. And but, let's discover yeah. the new evidence. This case swipes a fly off the wall. You've missed it. It's <laughs> just one of those tiny little ones. They're all the way out there, though. Thankfully. three doors down their car boot has been open all night and it's still open now and the cars hasn't been stolen but who knows if it's been well not even broken to you don't have to break into it you can just climb in the back and it, how it, can you leave your boot just so wide open like that it creates a dilemma because you know if it was our, our direct next door neighbor or even one door down i might have gone and shut it 
But this well, is a neighbour. You don't know whether that will set an alarm off or Well, first anything, of all, yeah, you're right. You also know, then don't might, know if the person we might think... Well, we don't know them at all. Well. Because they're quite new and we've never met them. And you, they might come out and punch you. They might think you're, like, trying to break into their car well, exactly, or something. exactly. And also, as well, we did take a parcel for them one time. Oh, we did. And they, and they just never came for they it. They never came for <laughs> it. We still had this parcel a week later. You know, and people get notes through the door saying, you know, your parcel is with number whatever and they just never came for it so I actually went and just left it on the doorstep when I knew they were inside yeah, yeah. I just went on it was a sunny day and you know it wouldn't get wet or anything I just left it on the doorstep because I thought I'm not having this so that's the reason why I've not gone round and shut yeah. it for them but yes I'm concerned actually because it's quite a moist night it'll be damp in the car for sure well if the electrics have got down oh you know then it could be in trouble it is an interesting day actually because um, I couldn't decide whether to put on my body warmer or not. It's very bright, but it's quite breezy and it's a little bit chilly, which is nice. Autumn has struck in the last three days. It does seem to have, doesn't it? Oh, and it's a two for one this show because also as well, what I thought it might be nice would be to give you all a little piece of advice. And that advice is this. Don't ever, ever get all your carpets done in your house. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, so right. It's like moving, but without the joy of moving. Don't, it's just been horrific. Two days ago we had our carpets replaced all through the house and, um, well, it was supposed to be all through the house, but because they were med two rooms were measured incorrectly by two different people in two different ways, <laughs> um, it meant that one of our rooms, the one that we work from, still has the old carpet down. They've got to reorder another piece and come back. And do it all again. And we're so, and bear in mind, we've emptied all that room out. Oh gosh, we're gonna have to hang on a minute. Utterly annoying was that noise. Oh, some gardening people being offensively noisy with some power something. <laughs> oh, honestly, I'm so grumpy in my old age. I just get so annoyed by things. You're precursoring our next oh, show. Um, <laughs> How do we grow up gracefully? Go on, carry on. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, we'd emptied out all of the office, which is where we work from. So, it, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there, computers, and books and yarn and everything. And books and yarn. <laughs> well, just everything. We'd emptied everything out. And then they announced that they couldn't do that one. No. So I said, so we said, right, we'll just put everything back then. Yeah. They said, yep, yeah, do that. So we put everything back. And then shortly afterwards, they announced that another room hadn't been measured correctly. So they could do the office, but not this other room. And we were like, yeah. hang on a minute. So yeah, so we've take just everything put out everything of the office back. again. <laughs> if you think we're going to empty that again now. You're dreaming. You're having a laugh. So we figured out a way of them actually doing the living room that they yes. said they couldn't. Yes. And they've got to come back and do the office. But it was just such a horrific experience. It honestly oh, it was just We rubbish. literally had to move every single thing that's in the house. Yeah, I spoke to my mum and I told her what happened. And she said that she's had carpets done, not in the whole house, but she's had carpets done four times in her life. 
And she's never had to move a thing. No, well, I said to you that when I once had my whole house recarpeted before I knew Dan, yeah. and it was a full house, three bedroom house, full of everything, I didn't move a single thing. I went to work in the morning, yeah. carpet fitters came. It was the company that we knew because they banked with us when I worked at the bank. Yeah. So I was happy to leave them in the house. Came back at tea time, all done. Didn't have to move a thing. This company, we had to literally dis we had to dismantle beds and they told us we wouldn't have to do that. And when the fitters came, they said, no, you're going to have to dismantle them. My mum had a theory that I think them. might be right. And she, her theory is that she wonders if there's something's changed with the whole COVID thing. Well, maybe so. But if we'd have been told at the beginning, your man came round and said, this is okay, do this, do that. And we did absolutely everything. And then the fitters came and they're like, no, can't do that. Oh, it was just horrific. So I poured down it to dismantle a massive king-size bed. So, in and summary. put it back and we hadn't even moved house. In summary, my advice to you is Don't this. Don't do it. Or get a company that will work around your furniture. When, you, when your carpets need doing, just sell your house and buy a new one. We did complain. <laughs> Don't worry. It's been dealt with. Now look, we're here to talk about Egypt. And it is fair to say, well, not just Egypt, pyramids in general. It's fair to say that this has been a contentious subject for me and Kate. And our history with Egypt is quite an interesting one because we both visited Egypt separately. Yeah. Now, Actually, we, within a year. I we think. weren't together at the time. No, we weren't, sadly. <laughs> Which is a shame. But how funny would that be? I yes. think I went the year before you went, or something, or two years before, or something like that. Yes, yeah, I think that's right. And I, I mean, I was. A, I was captivated by it, and I think you were. I loved it, yeah. And since then, I've read a huge amount of books about it. I, I mean, j just vast. I, I really can't get enough. My, my favourite, I think, well, it's tricky. It's tricky. There's a few, there's two, I think, actually, that I would recommend. And I'll put links to them in the show notes, but the one I'll mention is The Story of Egypt by Joanne Fletcher. Oh, she's brilliant. Whilst it's not, if, if you are like into the real nitty gritty, it doesn't give you the real nitty gritty, but what it does is uh, it sells it to you in an extremely um, easy to digest narrative. Yes, and she's great fun to watch as well if you ever yeah. catch a programme that oh, she's absolutely. Doing. And she's from York, isn't and she's she? from well, York, From yes. Scarborough, but works in yes, York. Yes, she works in York, yeah. Very interesting character, Joan. Very interesting character. <laughs> With her all, all black. Never wears anything other than black. Quite often it's men's clothes. Yes. But I think what's funny about her is the, the one colour you don't want to wear in a hot country it's is black. black. <laughs> you just don't do it because it absorbs the heat. Even the umbrella that she uses to shield from the sun is black. Yes. And I'm thinking, well, that's not going to work, is it? She must be roasting. <laughs> you need white to bounce off the sun. Neil, it's funny. whilst I have read a huge amount, you've watched a huge amount, haven't you? Yes. And, I mean, really, everything. I watch everything that's got some... I even watch the ridiculous, like I said before, ridiculous conspiracy theories. You've watched... I even watch those, because they're just kind of fun. I think you've watched all the things on National Geographic. Yeah. And there's been a number of series that were on Channel 5. Yeah. That were very good. Yeah. And, you know, you've, you've sort anything, of... Yeah, anything that says mummies in it or 
Egypt or anything like that, I'm there. Or with new evidence. Or new evidence, of and course. And she's there. <laughs> I even watched one programme one time on uh, mummifying this man. Oh, that was a bad move. Oh, gosh. I was it called something like mummifying Graham or something? Some, yes, but whatever his name was, I can't remember what he was. But he'd, um, before he died, he, he said, I want to donate my body and I want you to... <laughs> to Joanne Fletcher. <laughs> I want you to... <laughs> I need to mummify it, so they did, and they did it. It was just the most bizarre thing to watch. As I say, it's not something I think I'd have chosen to. Uh, no, and I, I'm not sure I'd recommend it. It's not for the um, faint of heart. Yes, if you're squeamish at all, then no, it's not for you. And what I think what's been so fun about our experiences with Egypt is Kay and I both fell on two sides of the spectrum when it came to answering the question who built the pyramids yeah because i i you know i would concede that i've read all the academics sort of view yeah and in all honesty i've not read many books that answer the question categorically they no. in fact i can't think of one that the answers so the question, no, the, the, they the, skirt around the subject. They do, the classic sort of, like say, um, academic viewpoint is that the Egyptians built them, they cut the blocks, done 20 well, years, and that's it. But e even still though, you know, just going back through it, I've never read anything that's gone, this is definitely what happened. No, because you don't know, no. there's no way anyone can know. So it's not like that there was ever out there a, well, this is how it was done. No, because there's no, there's no, nothing was written down to say this is how it was done. They have found various sort of documents, I guess you'd call them, that they say, you know, this tells you how it was made. But actually, it, it doesn't really. Even that one that you refer to, it's actually referenced in this thing that I've watched recently that I'm going to mention in a second. Do you mean, um, do you mean the dudes on the yeah. barge? Yes. It, it, it yes. was, it was... Uh, the, the work, apparently, the, the foreman or something. Yeah, that's right. It was, yeah, it was yeah, work, work yeah. manifests. Yes, yeah. but there's actually nothing in there that references the size of these blocks that they were no, transporting. No. no, no, that's right. All it, all it says is that they were moving something yeah. from one place to another. Which is no evidence, is it really? No, I only use that as evidence that it wasn't extraterrestrial. Well, that's fair enough. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm admitting you, that I don't think it was E.T. You it fell on the opposite side of the spectrum in that you've watched some really sort of out there things yeah and you I, potentially you probably came to it with a, a more open mind I'd, I'd say i was a lot more open yeah um and you sort of prior to this week yeah. i would say would have been fairly categoric that there was no way the egyptians made them yeah yeah i've always thought that because i've just thought the reason i i thought that is because history shows that at the time they only had copper tools. That was the most advanced stage they got to. And there's no way you can cut those blocks with copper tools. We've done shows before about some of the clean lines and clean cuts. Yeah, you can't get a piece of paper between the blocks. Yeah, Yeah. but it, it would be hard 
you know, to, to duplicate that even with today's Without tools. diamond cutting saws and things like that. Yeah. Power yeah. tools. So yeah. how have you come to the... And well, what, what I will say to you actually is we've obviously discussed at length what Kay's going to talk about now and I'm completely, I'm completely with her all the way on this. So this is our coming together. Yeah, I mean, again, this is just someone's theory and um, surmising and, uh, I mean, say it's their theory, they spent six years, apparently, I think you said, making the film and just saying exactly what was going on. Yeah. So there's a lot of research gone into it. It just came up as a recommendation on YouTube, like right. everything in the world these days. And I've written it down because I'd never remember it. Yes, this is the um, other thing. This is the first time we've ever done I've a show. I've got notes. Well, Kay's got notes. <laughs> I've got notes because there's no way I'd remember these Right, first of all, I'll We're say it's about three... She's got notes with her. It's about three and a half hours long. <laughs> so get yourself settled in. Yes. I've actually not even quite finished it yet. I almost have. But I've watched it over the past sort of three days. Um, but it's called the movie Great Pyramid K, the letter K, 2019. And it's on a channel. The channel name is the name of the person who made it. And... Will you link it in the yeah, show notes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But his name is Femi Krasniki. And it's had millions of views on YouTube. Yeah. And I just thought, okay, I'll have a watch of this. Um, and he put forward this theory and it literally blew my mind. And at first I'm like, no, that, that can't even be true. But then I mentioned it to you and you said, I can totally believe that. And the more you watch of it, and the more they show you sort of experiments that they've done and um, just to sort of demonstrate yeah. how, it, how it was done. Yeah. It actually just, you just think, why on earth didn't I think of that, yeah. <laughs> think of that before? It, well, uh, yeah. Um, and their kind, well, this man's theory is that the limestone blocks in the pyramid and many other things across the world were not cut. They're not cut limestone. In fact, they're not actually stone, or not technically stone. What they are, are concrete. You're all laughing, I can hear you all laughing. Well, they shouldn't be laughing because the, the earliest evidences of concrete, proven concrete, is 6,000 BC in, in Jordan. Yeah. So, don't laugh. No, and the way they made this concrete, which they demonstrated, I've written this down because I wouldn't remember what went into it. It's limestone flakes, white clay, which I think they called kaolin, and then caustic soda mixed with water. And they mixed all these together and you get concrete. And basically what they did was they had wooden frames and they poured the concrete into the wooden frames or molds, let it dry, pulled the, the um, frame away, moved on to the next one. Now, there was a whole massive section within the film about all this stuff I didn't understand to do with maths, mathematics, and all of the sort of information, all of the knowledge that the Egyptians had about maths, because without that, they couldn't have made the pyramids, because it's all about the angles and 
the circumference, the, the, the size of it. And um, there's a whole big thing about how the Egyptians came up with the measurement of a metre and a centimetre. That yeah. all comes from the Egyptians. Yeah. So you need to just know that it was all done in a mathematical way with angles and everything. And then it showed you in great detail on this video exactly how they think it was made. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in real detail, and I was just absolutely <laughs> captivated. I was even stopped knitting, which doesn't happen very often. I mean, when you consider, if you go and you look at sort of any of the sort of internals of a pyramid you'll find loads of videos on youtube yeah. there's you know these perfectly cut yeah well they looked like yeah perfectly cut square tunnels yes and you you look at them and you think that you, you do look at them and think it's not how possible. on earth it's not possible and it isn't possible to cut them like that but if you get if you get a frame a wooden frame and you pour concrete into absolutely. it absolutely you're going to get a perfectly square you know because it's got not all, difficult no they got all the maths right to make sure that these things are perfectly square you know and the pyramid was built from the basement if you like up so the first thing they did was they dug a massive hole yeah and then they put wooden frames in to create the tunnels that are underneath yeah. the pyramid and then they poured concrete in. And you told me what the, those tunnels were for because that's always been conjecture. It was for the workers to get around to do the yeah, job. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there, there were tunnels inside because when it was ultimately finished and the pharaoh was entombed, you couldn't get in, you couldn't get in it. No. There was, there's no way of accessing it. Yeah. But what they did was they built these internal tunnels. Yeah. And when the pyramid was essentially finished, they left one entrance open. Yeah. And the way that they constructed it, they had like steps going up the side. Yeah. They left one entrance open with these tunnels that got, got them into the chamber. Yeah. And then worked backwards. So one thing I've not mentioned is within the, because I was watching this and thinking, yeah, but how did they get those massive granite blocks inside the pyramid? Because the sarcophagus, let's call it, is made of granite. And there's, within there as well, there's these massive granite blocks. And I was like, yeah, yeah, right. So how did they get those in there? Well, what they then went on to say is that Essentially, they used solar power. No, now, you, don't you, laugh again. Well, no, don't laugh again, because if you know anything about the Egyptians, you will know that they were absolutely obsessed by the sun. Yes. So much so that they worshipped the sun. Yes. That's another big section within the film, talking about the stars and the way that the pyramid was aligned. And there was a tunnel, basically, that was at the exact angle that if you were to crawl up it and look out of it, you would see, I think it's Sirius. Right. And that was so that the king's um, afterlife spirit could yeah. actually go up that tunnel yeah. and go up to the stars yes. and live forever. So the stars and the sun and the moon and all that play a huge part in all of this. And that's how they created solar power. What they did was they Again, I can't remember the exact composition of this thing, 
but they created a solar lens which yeah. it looked like glass but it wasn't glass yeah. it was this thing that they made yeah. out of various things yeah. i'm sorry to be so vague it's like a silica type thing right they made this massive solar lens and it was on like a frame and they directed the sun through it and again, they said they've done experiments and they found out that it would produce heat of over a thousand degrees yeah. with the temperature that they had yeah. at that time, 40 odd degrees C. And that's enough to actually liquefy stone. So what they did was they chopped, chopped the granite into sort of ball sizes, if yeah. you like, and then melted that down, poured it into a frame, and you've got your granite blocks. Now, I mean, it must be possible because, you know, volcanoes erupt, don't they? Well, yeah, and that's they molten do. rock. Yeah. And it's not a difficult leap at all. When you consider that the Egyptians are looking, well, I think all of our ancestors, no matter where they were in the world, looked upwards. Yeah. And, and the Egyptians in particular, um, as we've said, they were obsessed with the sun and they would have seen the power of the sun. They would have seen the sun probably set things on fire without mm. it being. So they, yeah. they would have thought, hold on a minute. Yeah. What yeah. happens if we magnify that? Yeah. And at night time, they used to use this solar lens because it was basically a massive magnifying glass. They, at night time, they used to sort of look through it and look up at the stars and the moon. You can imagine that that, that, that potentially it. was yeah. where the invention came from. Yeah. Did they initially invent something to try and look more closely up at the stars? And then they realised, hold on That's a minute. That's not the way round right. that it was said, but who knows. Now, you, coming back on the concrete thing, yeah. you told me about bits of wood sticking out of... Oh, right, yeah. So, they, you know, and then you will say, okay, but where's the evidence for this? Well, it's actually all over the pyramids. The so, evidence so is the, there. The question here is, where's the evidence for the pyramids being made of concrete? Yes. And the answer is... All over it. it it's everywhere. You've just got to change the way that you think about it. Change your mindset and think... Look at it with an open mind. Yeah, absolutely. So, for example, within the pyramid in several places, there are blocks of stone where there's like chunks of wood sticking out of the stone. And anyone who's made concrete will know yeah. that you end up with that quite often. <laughs> I am. Yeah, so these were put in as part of the construction. And, you know, when they chopped them off, obviously the end of it was still stuck in the concrete and it's still there and anyone can see them. And there's, you know, then, you know, he said, oh, well, some people say that it was, a hole was made and the wood was put in. Why? It, well, yeah, <laughs> why, first of all, but also when you look at it, it's, it's, that's not the case because it's completely encased. You yeah. know, it goes, and wood is obviously an irregular shape. Yeah, yeah. It just goes all the way around yeah. the wood. Yeah. There's only one way that can have happened, and that's if it was the stone was liquid yeah. when the wood was put in. Yeah. There's no other way no. that that can have happened. The, for example, the Grand Gallery, I think it's called, yeah, I'm sure it's called the Grand Gallery in the pyramid. It's like this chamber where you look up and it's sort of stepped. Yeah. And I've always thought, how, I mean, how on earth? Did they do that cutting the blocks? Well, of course they didn't. It was this massive framework yeah. that they made. Yeah. And then they poured it in sections. And again, when, you know, they'll show you within the film, they'll show you 
how you can tell that it was done in sections. Yeah. Because certain bits of it look slightly different to the other because you know that was poured and then the next bit was poured and you always get a bit of a line or whatever yeah you do um, and that's done and talking about evidence you could ask the same thing about where is the evidence of the the lenses and yeah that I mean, melting not... stuff well you you told me that there was evidence of where they've Aim yeah. the lens in the wrong spot. Yeah, you can see on, on some blocks they say what they say is that you can see where maybe the lens had accidentally slipped and it was pointed at a block which shouldn't have been. And there's this area that's sort of all burnt away. But there's there's so much when when you think, right, okay, I'm gonna accept that that's how it was made and then you look at everything that they show you and it's not just in Egypt, it's all over the world. These things are all over the world. Well, I think that this is probably the moment then to, to bring up the whole global pyramid thing because yeah. there's pyramids in all the warm countries. There are in like um, Southern America yeah. and India, yeah. all those kinds of places. Easter Island is another yeah. place because what they also say is, there's, if you look at all the kind of statues that there are in Egypt, the ones that are kind of made of things like, I can't fully remember, granite and basalt yeah. and all these words, I couldn't remember the name of the stone, but they're completely smooth yeah. and perfect. And there's just no way that you can do that with the tools that they had at the time. But what, and they've, they've actually seen, they showed you these moulds that they'd found. It wasn't in Egypt, it was somewhere else. But what they do is they make clay moulds. Yes. And then they pour molten rock into yeah. the moulds. Yeah. And then just all you've got to do then is smooth off the line. Yes. Where it joins. Which is absolutely easier than chiselling the whole thing. Yeah. Well, you, you couldn't do it. So you couldn't do it with the tools they had at the time. You couldn't chisel it. Oh, and the Sphinx was also made in that way as well. Yeah. Well, if you'd found a way of doing it, and, yeah. you know, it wasn't difficult, which none of that is. Now, I suppose it's, uh, it's probably slightly unfair. I said earlier on that it's easy making concrete. Yeah, it's not it easy. It is now. It's just then that, you know, it was very yeah. cutting edge, very clever, very new yeah, but technology. I, yeah, but that again they'd worked out how many workers it would take to do it and they said you know none of these people were slaves I think there's what there's a theory isn't there that the pharaoh had all these slaves and that's how the pyramids were made well, the funny thing none is, of them were slaves the funny thing is if you look at the evidence that's on the ground th there isn't evidence of it being made by slaves no. because what they find is they find villages yeah. of workers yeah. who were working on the pyramids yeah, or and other things yeah, and they were all... Paid. Yeah, they were yeah. paid and looked after. Um, and they, they think it took about 10 years to now, build the, the big pyramid. So how did these pyramids then get all over the world? Well, the Egyptians realised that the earth wasn't flat because they, you know, you look on the horizon and say, so for example, you know, someone goes off sailing one day and then they kind of disappear over the edge. 
And I think they just must have realised that actually it can't be flat, it must be round. So they said, well, if we go off looking, because it's round, we'll always be able to find our way back. We can never get lost because we'll just end up back where we started, kind of thing. So that's what they did. And again, within the video, these two French dudes, I mean, they're absolutely crazy. They built this wooden boat. It was a little bit like a catamaran, but it was just wood and it had a sail. And they actually sailed across the Atlantic, it would have been, wouldn't it? Or yeah. is it the Pacific? One of the big oceans, I can't remember. They sailed across it with no modern sort of navigation tools at all. They basically used the stars to navigate, which is what the Egyptians would have done. And they did it, they got across. They totally got across. So they showed it would be possible. So what happened is, you know, Egyptians went off, they landed in South America, for example. I think they said it would have been Guatemala originally. And, you know, the knowledge was passed on. Well, didn't you say that there were certain places where uh, pyramids had been done partly by the Egyptians and then yeah, someone and had tried maintained to... By, yeah, because ultimately what happened was, you know, that knowledge died out because the Egyptians stopped travelling and because um, they, they, they sort of time of the pharaohs died out, didn't it? And you said to me, I can't remember what you said to me. Well, the, the, the knowledge of concrete gets passed onto the Romans and the Romans then introduced that across the world. Yeah. They were the people who, who, you know, first started using concrete here. But I mean, w with regards to knowledge disappearing, it, sort of the, the, the key moment in time where that happened was the Dark Ages after the Roman Empire fell because no one was writing anything down anymore. Mm. Everything, you know, all the technological advancements that, I mean, essentially what the Romans had done is they'd gone across the world, they'd conquered nations, they'd taken all the mm. clever stuff that they liked and, and put it into their way of life. But then when the Romans fell, everyone didn't want anything to do mm. with it. And mm. so that's really why the Dark Ages. Yeah, but you can see evidence in, in places in, I think it's Southern America, yeah. where you can clearly see, for example, the bottom half of some massive temple yeah. was built with this concrete knowledge. Yeah. And then what's happened is it's then subsequently, many, many, many years later, when a bit fell down or they had to maintain it or they wanted to carry on building it, yeah. you can see it just looks like rubble. Right. <laughs> just. The, the comparison is, is chalk and cheese, really. Yeah. So you can see that something's happened. They had some other way of doing it. Yeah. And then that other way of doing it, the knowledge went. Yeah. Generations later, they wanted to carry on. They didn't know how to do it. They just put a few stones on top and yeah. you can really tell the difference. It makes you sort of worry about, I, know, I mean, it's a slightly different thing completely, but near my mum's down in Somerset, there's a guy called Brendan who oh, yeah. used to go out. The fish man? Yes. Yeah. Used to go out on a sled uh, when the tide was out. Yeah. On, I mean, essentially it's like quicksand. Yeah, it is. And you, you needed the sled to go out, otherwise. You sank. You, you sank. Mm -hmm. Well, his son took over and his son is now in his 60s mm -hmm. and his son still does go out, um, but there's no one 
who's going to take over from mm. him and mm. you know you can totally see how yeah you go back in time and yeah. the egyptians migrate to another part of the world yeah, yeah. Um, and you know the, the the person who brought the knowledge maybe gave it to his son yeah but then as it dropped further down generations people lose interest yeah um, and it's such a shame but it's just a fact of life and I think some people certainly you know my knowledge of history was always that when you get back sort of 500 BC 1000 BC 2000 BC and further that people weren't traveling around the world well they were yeah they and were. I've just read a book by Alice Roberts called the Celts and it's all about the development of uh, the, the Celtic way of life um, and w what they've proven categorically now isn't and no one disputes this but they found an awful lot of um, Celtic burials and Celtic graveyards and they've shown that even the Celts who you know at the time of the Egyptians were extremely primitive mm. were from all over the world mm. Mm. you know people you know would maybe have been born near the Alps end up in England mm. and um, so it's very easy to change your mindset and think well of course mm, the egyptians mm. were traveling yeah, so were the I greeks mean, yeah i mean obviously you've all got to make your own opinion of, of this and go and watch it you know if you if you think everything i've said is a complete load of rubbish then just go and watch it and, and make your own opinion i'm not saying yeah i never would say that that's exactly how something was done but it's the most it's the thing that's made the most sense of anything i've ever seen and it's the thing that makes the most sense of anything that I've ever read or seen yeah. in connection with it. You know, when you look at the facts, when you look at the, you know, the, the fact that the knowledge to make cement was around back then. Mm. And who knows, maybe it was the Egyptians who developed it, mm. or maybe it was the Jordanians, because mm. Jordan's a stone's throw from, mm. from Egypt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it all really tallies up. You know, you, you go from previously thinking which again wasn't difficult for me thinking that okay well we've we've forgotten some technology high technology yeah, yeah that's what, i watched a lot of stuff which was about ancient high technology and in a way it's, it is ancient but it's not really a high technology is it no i still do think though that, that it's highly probable I'd, I'd say it's more than highly, highly probable. I feel like it's definite. When you can see the conversation we've just had about Brendan and about also, mm. you know, the, the, the knowledge to make concrete dying out in certain countries and them not being able to keep up the uh, extending of these structures mm. and doing it a different way. I don't think it's hard to believe that there is going to be elements of technology mm. that we have forgotten. Yeah, and in some of the buildings, these ones, I don't know that these ones were in Egypt, it was somewhere else, I think, in the world, but like the bottom blocks in this massive building, you could see that they had shell in them. Yeah. And, you know, you think, well, <laughs> How's that got there? you don't have shells in, not like that, in, in stone, no. in actual in actual, you know, rock, no. in a rock face, it wouldn't be have tons of shell in it because how would the shell get in there? But it would if it was cement. Exactly. And, you know, I think that is quite a common thing that they used to put into concrete. Yes. Because they had an abundance of them because I know Romans ate a lot of shellfish, didn't they? They did. And they just thought, well, you know, we'll bash up the shells and bring it in. 
a bit of ballast or whatever. And also, I'm, I'm sure that the Romans used to collect the volcanic rock yeah. from the sea. Yeah, you know, in, I think the, the type of concrete that was made depends on the area where you were in the world because they obviously used materials that they had available to them. So somewhere else like Easter Island, for example, that's a very dark stone because they were using what was available there on the ground. It's fascinating stuff. Yeah. And it really did, you know, the expression, the pennies drops. It did kind of feel like that, yeah. Yeah, folks, we're getting back home now, and uh, just to give you an update on oh, uh, yeah. Boot Watch, it's still open. It's still open, and the bedroom door is open. They have like French doors on the first floor. Oh, that's so weird. They've not, they've not gone and sorted it. I've stopped my tracker. Is it 2.3? No, just 1.99. For heaven's sake, I feel like walking up and down the drive to make it two. I've done that before when I've been yeah. running. I've run around the block again. It might just click over to two when I end it. So, ladies and gentlemen, my goodness, what an episode. The first time Kay's ever made notes. I know. And that won't happen again. Finally, a potential solution to the mystery of who built the pyramids. Just go and watch it and make your own mind up, really. But maybe split it into chunks. Yes, even I had to do that, and I, I love a long, a long video. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. It's been wonderful to be with you. Thanks, everybody. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you soon for another Bakery Bears radio see show. See you soon. Bye. Bye. The Bakery Bears radio show is brought to you by Bakery Bear Productions and is made possible by our Bakery Bear patrons. Find out how you can join our Bakery Bear community, access more of what we do, and keep the show on air by visiting www.bakerybears.com forward slash listen forward slash.